What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. catcher's mitt conforming to social norms since 1995 my parents i love dearly my source code why i am alive do not take lightly what i must decide but i am low-key that is my natural residing space my vibing hey there thank you for tuning into another episode of americanized i'm your host Rosalyn, and that right there that you were just listening to is pork pie pork pie is a new song that my homie mike recently put out in addition to 20 other songs on his new album, Emancipation. He is a vocalist, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and composer based in the western Massachusetts area. I met him a few years back when I was in the western Mass area for school. He's super awesome, and it's just a pleasure knowing and hearing his unique sound and experimental music. I just love hearing what he comes up with. He just put out his new album, Emancipation, under his stage name, Father Hotep. Now, Mike is by no means a Hotep, but stay tuned and listen to us talk about his music, his name and persona, Father Hotep, that he created, and his journey with identifying as Black in America. Also, be sure to check out his new album on SoundCloud. Just type in Father Hotep and you're there. Is a banger like a pork rib roast full of repressed flavor. Stack, stack, stop, squirk. It's funny, I can't get comfortable with anybody. It's funny, I've got homies with juicy fruity tummies. It's funny, I still want to rub it. It's very funny. Hee-haw, genuine. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. You recently released your album, Emancipation, on SoundCloud. Very exciting stuff. Very, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah really exciting like i don't even know what words to describe it or like how would you describe it? i well, I, pre- I appreciate the, like usually when people say they're speechless when they hear someone's work you're like oh man man i i did want to inspire some thought but i, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that we can resolve yeah i like i hope it's not just a mess you know i think that that's Ooh. that's what i was hoping that it just isn't a mess to consume because there is a lot of i did put a lot of like myself into this piece of work so describing it sort of takes on um at least the conceptual <clears throat> the conceptual um describing it, it would take on like the sort of conceptual intention that i had for the previous two pieces of work that i put out um in tandem with emancipation um so both indifferent and uh, egyptian vacation the two pieces sort of proceeding have sort of uh, sort of places in what I what I thought was my like evolution 
as a young person of color. And it specifically has to do with sort of what the name Hotep implies, which is like, um, I mean, in, 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 uh, in African-American culture specifically, um, the Hotep is sort of like, like um, I mean, a simplified sort of like the black patriarch like super misogynistic and like transphobic, homophobic, very like interested in like the idea of black culture um, as it relates to Africa. So like, that's like, that's simplified like the worst case scenario of a hotel. Um, and like, I, I, the intention of like, ironically re relating to that form is, I mean, really like sort of like, sort of like the cornerstone of like, what the, what the you know the whole point of like being a young black person in America and not having a lot of frame of reference for what black looks like you know you're 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 holding on to the thing that like placidly looks the most like the thing that you want to be you know and I wanted to be for a super long time like a black person that other black people would recognize as a black person you know like I can't tell you how many times in school when I was in when I was in high school college um people would say yeah, you're just a white kid and i'd be like no <laughs> like i'm i'm not like I, I my family background especially my first generation background is that of uh someone who reckons with blackness in a very different way um but it's it it's 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 not it's not like i'm not someone who and, and this is this is sort of like the thing that i get into with father hotep like like blackness is confusing as fuck. It's super fucking confusing. I think that's where the intention of the songs come. So um, the whole, the idea of Father Hotep being like this ironic representation of this thing that will never be achieved that I honestly don't even want to go towards. Like I'd never want to be a Hotep in my entire life. Like a Hotep in the way that like I've seen it char character caricaturized. Um, so this album, I guess, long and short, is to address that ironic sort of uh, perspective um, and sort of address that ironic perspective within sort of the gooey underneath, which is like me struggling with like, like sexuality and race and like people and other people's emotions and other people's reactions to me, you know, like this sort of natural defensiveness that I've that I've sort of I've sort of adopted my entire life and a couple other sort of niche parts of mine. And I, I think like family definitely mentioned and sort of address and think about family on this piece of work. So um, calling back to the name, like it's it's all about like that name trying to interact in the world in a genuine way, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. That was a lot, but it makes a lot of sense. And I, lo I loved what you said, like with your stage name, Father Hotep. Which comes off as like, you know, it's like you have to take a step back because with the word hotep, everyone has an idea of what that is. And if you're calling yourself Father Hotep. Yeah, yeah. I, like, and that's why I say there, there, there is a diaspora of like what it means to be a hotep, but right. <laughs> the big, the big, uh, the big cornerstones are, are sometimes uh, they, they sort of like put African culture on a pedestal and pretend that it's really connected to all the different kinds of Black people that exist in the United States. Right, that's absolutely true. 
So this album is a lot to do with your identity and with the title being Emancipation. I'm wondering, what are you like, what do you feel free from? So, and this is one of the reasons why I've been kind of struggling with like continuing with doing fatherhood stuff because like, I mean, like conceptual ideas kind of pretty much wrapped up. Uh, so, and it all has to do with like the journey of being a young black person in America. So do you find value in it is, is like sort of the underlying question to like what fatherhood tip is. Do, do you find value in it, you know? And in different answers to that question in like a very specific way, like I am indifferent <laughs> to like the idea of even finding value, right? It's very like hands-off. It's almost, it's like very, um, it's non-committal to the question, do you find value indifferent? I am indifferent. And like that whole thing is just, that whole album is fucking ripe with like, rife with like, um, just ideas and things that I care a lot about um, with like like really simple drums and like 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 thought out bass lines and like like vocalizations that like that that lead almost like a bare bones sort of instrumental sort of experience. <laughs> it's, it's very it's very it's very like you know it doesn't sound like anything. It just sound, it's 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 such a strange piece of work. Um very unique. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Um, but sort of after that, Egyptian vacation was sort of like my delve into. So I'm still in I, I'm still taking a step back. And this is sort of like the entire sort of series. Like I'm trying to take a step back, but like I think Egyptian vacation is I'm trying to be as close to the idea because like obviously like hotep is like an Egyptian phrase for. Um, to be at peace and it's sort of like used to sort of characterize the connection with like the kings and queens of of uh of, uh, of egypt of the african continent the greatest civilization right so egyptian vacation taking a break to be in this space right um that like i guess and like the whole motif for that album was like people are leaving me voice messages but i'm not there i'm like i mean the idea is i'm like in egypt or i'm exploring myself you know um, so indifferent to indifferent vacation is actually supposed to be like I didn't care or give a shit, and now I'm trying to give a shit in the most not give a shit way that I could possibly do it, <laughs> which is you know it's, it's all it's all contradiction. That's that's all. It's just it's just the pain of stupider picture. But emancipation it it kind of follows a lot of the, the the themes of indifferent, which is after taking no shits, giving no shits and realizing that might not be the best way, emancipation is like sort of a epilogue. Finding that like, that found like, what blackness is, it, 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 it tries to dis discuss that what blackness is, isn't, it's not, it's not not paying attention, right? And it's not deciding that I am what people say that I am, right? It's like figuring out what your history, what your history, like what complements your history, who you are in terms of that, who you've become, and then the political associations. So like solidarity becomes more meaningful. Like that, that's, 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 that's blackness. That's, that, that's to me, that's, that's what I have. That's, those are the vectors. That's not what blackness is, okay? But like, it is the vectors that I have to, that was my emancipation. It's like, it wasn't letting go. And it wasn't gripping with all my fucking might. It was like 
deciding how to, for the sake of other people, like, like employ this term and be a part of this movement um, while not fooling myself into thinking that I'm from Africa, <laughs> you know, like it's 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 not it's not it's not because I'm not, you know, like I've got a really rich heritage in Trinidad, first generation United States, and I own that. Um, but there's a good chance that I'm never going to know what part of Africa, like my family is from, you know, or how that's like you know relevant to my life. But I guess I guess the point is that like. The connection won't be there, you know. The connection won't be there in the kind of significant way that it already exists for me being um, me, my family in Trinidad. I guess what I'm saying. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. The way you like, like it was, it's a piece of art. It's all planned out. You had a whole purpose going. It's not like just separate albums in its own entity. It's like your life journey with identity and grappling with that. And how you they're meant to go together, yeah, yeah, right. So that yeah, makes, yeah. makes a lot of sense now. Like, yeah. like knowing that kind of changes the perspective on the whole piece. It's, I think, I think, uh, I think I realized that like it was only going to be three albums, like when I was like halfway through, halfway through. Man, I think I had like an idea of it and didn't when I was making like a different, but I was like, I was kind of just making songs too, like, I didn't really care. And then like, I was like, oh wait, like I could, I could create a piece of work. I'm, I'm like midway through Egyptian vacation. Um, and I think like, I, th- I think, I think it, it rounded itself out once I figured that like, I was going to be real picky about what went on emancipation. Like I was going to try my best to finish it in a year and then like, like be picky about like how I put this stuff together. Yeah, yeah, that that hoe was mixing choices. Like, <laughs> it could have it could have been better mix. I could have brought it to somebody. Um, <laughs> probably sounded a lot better. But <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> you had a lot of awesome features on there. This week, what, like the producers and the features. Like, what went into that process? How did that happen? How did you make it happen? Um, I wanted. So it was like two parts. Uh, I wanted to work with people that I was excited to work with. So I, I worked with your brother. I was get that that out. I worked with your brother on one of the tracks. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I wanted to work with people that I was excited slash interested in working with. Um, but I also wanted to sort of incorporate slices and sort of like the intention of each piece. Um, of like where my head was at. There were a couple of songs actually that didn't make it on this album <clears throat> that like, that like, um, that I was like really excited about because of like the features that I thought would sort of like culminate um, the ideas that I had. But I mean, I guess for example, so, so, um, Katuje, both songs Stubborn Sal's on is supposed to be like the you know like like rappers that have like tattoos on their face you know oh yeah, so yeah. that's yeah, that's the whole that whole aesthetic you know okay like yeah. yeah like like does do i have to have and this is actually my <laughs> my friend davis um rest in peace he like he like he actually died over coat over the order over the over during covid um this past year oh sorry um, to hear that 
but his he used to give me such shit. He's like a he's like a he's a he's a he's a talented he's a talented writer. Um, but he used to give me such shit um, about like because I you know I like I'm like a I'm like a I'm not tiny but like he was like six foot like three or four like he's like a big he's like a tall dude and he's like beautiful like just the most beautiful like black man that like i i have ever seen in person <laughs> um and he has tattoos like all over his body as part of like a hip-hop collective in the area and i remember talking to him once and it was like you gotta have tattoos on your on your face man if you just get some tattoos on your face like bro like it'll it'll work for you it'll work out for you and i was like ah, <laughs> do i have to <laughs> is that something that i need to do yeah. and i think i think his whole vibe is um i think his whole vibe was like i think his whole vibe was doing the most i don't think he got like tattoos to be around i think like those came and he was like oh, i already rap so it's like fine <laughs> but like um yeah he, i feel like his like his vibe was a vibe that I was like, oh man, I wish I could have that. Like he was like my, he's like my Ken doll, you know, not, that's kind of like weird, but like, like, you know, like we look up to these, like, we, like we're like, oh, this is like the perfect form of this particular form of art. Like I was like, if I could just look like that. And I think like that was part of like that, that sort of like hotep mentality, like that, like sort of patriarchal like mentality, like nigga was doing his own thing. Nigga was doing it well and he was doing his own thing, but like sort of like, trying to separate myself from like like my idea of and this is like very much a father hotel aesthetic like it was like sort of like the point of like making the song Tatuje. so it, it sort of like really established the difference you know and i think like stubborn the difference between like you know perception versus like reality and adopting your reality to make like like a, a an aesthetic for yourself you know um and I thought I thought Stubborn Saw was a good pick because I mean of the solo hip hop artists I'm aware of that I like am connected to. Um, I don't know. I mean his 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 sort of upgrading definitely mirrors mine. And he's decent at what he does. I thought it was just like a it was like an appropriate pick. I thought it was just an appropriate pick. Um also you introduced me to him. And I was like, that could be freaking cool. Money's not what we missing. Where is you aiming? Look at the metal we flipping. Look at the metal we flipping. Do I really gotta get face tattoos every day? I got a big butt, baby, but that don't mean that you won't cry. In a universe with all my feet, and my bitch would cry. Um, but it's 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 like that pretty much all over the, the album. Um, like there's this 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 pair of producers called Jermaine Fabrics, really phenomenal, um, who appear on "Don't Do It in Tennis." Yeah. Um, and it, it's the latter part of the album, and it's like sort of where like the electronic like parts sort of meet, like just my voice, just in like just that's the stuff that like that's the and this is i think i think it was like it's weird for some people to like hear like that much like just vague electronic music on like what started off as like a, a hip-hop 
mm. album. But like I, I, in my brain, those are the things that are really connected to close together, which just sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone who had to hear that. But like, that's, that's just where I'm at. You know, that's, 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 that's the stuff that I enjoy. But um, yeah, super recent. I met them super recently at like electronic music and yeah, that's it. Just just lump it all in a pile. Different. They're like <laughs> two, two like like uh, two like you know just white people queer from this area in yeah. like the world. And I was like, they're also really phenomenal. And like I love their music. And like I was like, this is the aesthetic. This is the confluence of aesthetic that this electronic music sort of like puts in people's hearts and minds. So I really need these. This it just made a lot of sense. It just made a lot of sense. Um, That's awesome. In school, like listening to um, tennis, which I I really like that one. Um, just how the ins- like the beat sounds like something's going back and forth. Yeah, like, the tennis yeah. ball is really cool. Yeah. I was like okay, yeah. I love yeah. that. just i feel like these songs are um even if it's not someone's style i think if they listen to it you can just easily vibe with it because it's so like bouncy it's like multi genres multi-dimensional so you can just like if you like zone out to like one part of like if you just focus on one piece of the whole song like one beat or something or just your vocals or i don't know i don't know if that makes yeah. sense oh sure no just focus because it's so like there's so much into one song. It's so like I don't know how you how you do it. <laughs> it's just like so like complex and yeah. Hmm. I appreciate I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I think I think especially on the stuff that's produced with other people. I like I and this is what I mean. When I say like I like someone's work, like it's it, I'm not I'm not I'm not joking around. <laughs> I'm not like joking. Like I like genuinely like like tennis especially produced by it was produced by um i don't remember i don't think we split no we didn't split the production on no we didn't split the production on tennis um tennis was all produced by doan fabrics um and it was like a pleasure to work with their vision um they made the beat like specifically for this for this album uh we were talking about it like like uh, like a couple months in advance like maybe a year in advance um for like eight months or something and like we, we 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 like we push we got it out you know pretty recently you know we finished the piece of work it was like like we had like a sort of a conceptual idea of how they were going to appear on the album um and it was just so cool to like see it come together in such like a a meaningful way you know because they're such talented producers and they have such a cool vision mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the word. Like, talent is just like flowing throughout that whole album, and it shows. Like, you can tell there's like effort put into that. Feelings, emotions, thought. Like, it's really it's a work of art. 
Oh, thanks, homie. I, appre- course, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of cool, like, when you figure out what pieces, like, what songs are about from the artist versus what you what you interpret it as. Oh, sure. So I think, like, hearing your um, background on is really interesting because it, it always, like, I feel like it's always a surprise because the song or the lyrics or whatever yeah. has a message, but you won't know exactly what the artist is trying to say until you ask them. And that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. interesting. I like, I, I like, I always would love to like, I mean, I think that's what Kendrick does really well, right? Like he can like, he can, you don't need to ask him. <laughs> He'll tell you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think I've always wanted to have that ability, but like the way that I write, like definitely doesn't let me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like in, in, a, in a consistent way. I feel like sometimes, um, it works, but sometimes <laughs> it, it don't. It don't. I just I just pick a metaphor and I write through it. And I just like okay, <laughs> like there's that. I guess there's this isn't gonna this isn't gonna come to head until someone asks you about it. So that's funny. I like emancipation too. I like the line from that song that really stuck with me is um, easy to be a monster when it's not your dream. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, like, that boy. can mean so many things for yeah. Oh, so many yeah. people. <laughs> I mean, that was that was that was one particular thing, um, for me. But I love that metaphor. Oh, yikes! <laughs> I mean, I I think that that was that was one of the reasons. And dude, honestly, Cloud Man. I don't fucking know where Cloud Man is. The, this dude that I would Tyler Tyler Clark. I can't fucking find him. He's like. I like don't know what happened to him. Like I've been sending him emails. I've been trying to like, like figure out like how he wanted me to like give him some credit because like I mm-hmm. if I like put Cloudman up, the one the Cloudman doesn't exist on on SoundCloud or like Bandcape or anything anymore. Um, mm-hmm. He like deleted his Facebook. Like, but it's it's I think that that song sort of characterized what I wanted this album to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, those lyrics were how, how, how often, I mean, and then, I mean, at, at, in some ways, right, it was like how we demonize white people. Um, but I mean, it's not like a, oh, we demonize white people, so white people must be like fine and okay. Like, I'm just saying it's super easy to be a monster when like, it's not your way of looking at the world. It's not your, it's not the words you're using. You know, you know, if if you're not used to the way this other person is using these st- stupid words, like they're using them in a stupid way, but like, I mean, this is like it's a call for patience, um, as well as I mean, I mean, honestly, straight up, I wrote those words, and I was like, it don't fit in all these other contexts, but I wrote those words with like specifically thinking about what would literally happen, like like that full verse before, um, which is like. <laughs> getting steamrolled or feeling like I was getting steamrolled by people that I cared about um, in a very specific scenario um, where I just I just didn't feel like anyone like gave a shit about me that was like just a personal scenario but like um um yeah that those words came out because I was like I am definitely I feel like a fucking monster right now um and then I like got this sort of meta perspective that I just I think I used and I think it worked for what the song was trying to put out. Uh, wow, there's so many different like ways to perceive that 
curvy line like i thought of it as like say i have mm-hmm. my own dream and someone who's like trying to shut me down it's like easy for them to be a monster because you know like you just toast it like two other mm-hmm. ways so oh yeah and also like that, that that was like the physical example so like right. when it's not your dream it's easy to like see a monster or be a monster um like mm-hmm. or have a monster like the physic the physicality of it was very palpable i, I definitely was like feeling um feeling uh yeah i don't know i don't know yeah sorry <laughs> <Whoops. No worries. laughs> and kind of just like knowing you and like some conversations we've had in the past i'm like i, I can see what he might be trying to like say here or like put out there or, or what he's feeling mm-hmm. yeah so. no it's real How did your upbringing shape your musical talent and musical experience? Um, you know, I got into hip hop when I was uh, when I was when I was a senior in high school, and one of my white friends introduced me to like uh, to Wu Tang, and I was just gripped by it. I like could not help myself. I was just gripped by the like what they said. I was like this is what hip-hop is like because like before that i'd been like oh yeah classic rock rock and roll music i love this shit and i do do love i do love um especially like the soft some of some like some of the elements of soft rock that like like are are really pervasive in how i view like good songwriting but like um but i heard i heard wu-tang for the first time and it was like it was like a bomb went off i didn't know how to like I don't know what up was up with what was down. Uh, I started listening to Tyler, which is like a like a hearty jump, and and I think I got caught up in like that 2013-2014 sort of like, I mean he, they were around like early two, 20, 2010s, but like they like they like made me feel like 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 it was like a good combination, like like it made me feel like being a suburban black kid wasn't like a prime like i didn't have to be like ashamed of myself um because that's what the society has been telling me that i wasn't actually black and that in order to have a connection with other people of color i had to have some sort of trauma that wasn't the trauma <laughs> of being <laughs> of 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 people of people um of people not thinking that I was like everyone else. Like this idea of like whiteness is neutrality. Like that shit, shit was like, oh, you know, don't just white people, you know, white people, you're just a black 
person you know like there was no there was no language like, if you see what i'm saying like there was no language to like distinguish the shitty thing that was happening yeah it is tough growing up black in the suburbs i think I, and i love that topic because like there aren't a lot of good adjectives to describe because i don't think i think tough's a word and i mm. think it definitely describes the anxiety that i felt i mean i definitely also have like anxiety just like disorder like some something because like I remember in high school I just I was just in pain all the time <laughs> and I like sort of dissuaded that pain by talking super loud and like like fucking bouncing off the walls um definitely I definitely had ADHD I think mean, that was diagnosed but I, I do think and I definitely think tough to word but like I think that like when people that I grow up with like hear me talk about well, it wasn't great it wasn't fun it wasn't secretly they say like you should be grateful you know not in so many words but like <laughs> oh my god i remember people from uh, my high school came to the bar that i was working at um and like that happens often but then this particular group it was actually one of the one, one of the people um that actually said that one thing to me it was the person who introduced me to wu-tang it was kind of funny but he came into the bar with a couple of homies from high school, and they're like capping up, like, yo, what's up, what's going on? And we start sort of getting into like where we came from. And we, they, I tried, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of like imply or talk about, you know, you know, like sort of like the, like the, the like color lines as they still exist and sort of like, gender lines as they still exist you know and like trying to like say hey like you know we're not like we never were out of the woods i think that like like college college gave us a, a perspective to know like hey like things have changed over the last 50 100 years but they haven't like i feel like we're seeing more clearly where things are still the same because of the change over the last 50 100 years and I kept getting pushed back, bro. Uh, it was pretty bad. It was actually a really shitty conversation. But I think at the, at the end of the conversation, uh, or close to the end, they're like, you, why, you came from the same town that we came from. You should be thankful for the education that you got so you could have these opinions. And then I was like, there was, <laughs> yeah. Tough is a word, right? Mm-hmm. Tough is a word. It's a but word. Like, some, sometimes like, it, and I think it's a good word, but I think I think like when you say tough to people like that, they're like, well, I had to work pretty hard to get to school. I had to work pretty hard to do, but like, <laughs> but like the the where you use the starting point, like we could talk about equity, you know, we could talk about like like all these things, but like at the end of the day, it's language. Right. I feel like for me my experience growing up was like i just wasn't speaking the same like there was a point where we were speaking the same language and then like i feel like just the language just grew so fucking apart once i left high school and i think about it back now and i'm like fuck all that shit was tough as hell but like they don't think it was tough as hell because they don't see things the same way i do because our language has not developed in the same way it's like mentally insane (laughs) it's mentally insane to like see that because it's like I know that if we grew up in the same area, thinking about the same things, like we would probably be like, yeah, in agreement. Like, you know, that's kind of fucking tough. <laughs> but like, like reconciling realities, I think, because like my reality is not any less 
or more, you know, than theirs, you know? Um, but at the same time, like, this is systemic shit. <laughs> this is, like, real shit. So, like, reconciling those two things, I've, I've come to realize, you know, like, just people miss out on words. People miss out on ideas. Concepts get fucking lost to the wind or never reach certain people because they're not in the same place. I think, like, um, yeah, but you know, that's that's an abstraction. I think that's like a, a, a heady, uh, <laughs> heady reaction to like you know, kind of just like a thing that happens. <laughs> but, Gosh, that's so horrible. Yeah, I mean that's why I still am a super huge fan of Tyler. Um, not not his like music has changed a lot. I love his music, but like I love what Odd Future did for those members of the black community who are right. just feeling super estranged mm-hmm. and super feel and feeling super like like you know aav's not for us like 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 hip-hop's not for us the best we got is like r&b you know <laughs> and maybe even r&b's kind of like <laughs> if you know then like yeah MF Doom came into my, you know, honestly, like I didn't, yeah, I didn't start, I didn't even start rapping until, until like two years later. But I think like, because I did, but I think, I think I found my flow, like around the time that I met you, around the time that I met you. So it was like, what, the 20s? 20s, 16, 2017? 16, 2017, yeah. So about about that, I like found, but yeah, 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 I, I think, yeah, it was all a matter of. I think it's just a lot of white people in my life that did shit, and I was like, "Wait a second, this is this is this is music from people that look like me," because I was just not around. And then like I had like, I had like um, I had like specific friends who are who are like people of color, who like sort of like hunkered with me and were like, "Okay, this is the shit that I'm listening to. This is the shit that I'm interested in," and I sort of like sort of got that perspective. I think like I think when I was at Stick, I had like my most significant because there were just there's like they're basically no white people. It's like it's kind of sick. Like like I, I don't have to try to find comrades that are people of color. I think that's where I like I had the most musical growth. Honestly that's I mean that's that's where I found my like my voices, my voices. Um in like a, I'm not gonna say I'm like a fabric version, like I'm, I'm done evolving as a musician, but like I definitely found more solid and consistent ways to like, like more solid and consistent flow and like different ways to vocalize that are more consistent and more versatile in the way that I imagined in my mind, like what my voice could do, you know? So that's actually a really good, good time for me making music that that period of time that that like two year stretch that I was in uh, at state Springfield Technical Community College. Yeah. So when you did start at Stuck and you were like finding your voices or getting into the music, did you like have an idea of what you wanted to put on and how far you would go with that? Um like what was your vision if you had I had a vision. Um I think it sort of expanded over time. And I think it's become very fixed recently. Um but like I think at that time I was sort of like I just want to sound like 
like a a whinier MF Doom, you know, like Kendrick Flow, right? It was very like artist specific. Kendrick Flow, whiny MF Doom, like. But I also want to have this like tuneness to like my my speaking voice. That was like, that was like you know, and I was like I was always thinking about that like okay how do I how do I like balance these things, find beats that are appropriate for that. Um, and it was very hip hop centric. Um, but I think I like naturally was getting pulled in the direction of like what my voice, what I love to do with my voice, which is like sing in, in, in fourths. Fuck. I love singing in fourths. I love it. I love it. It like, it creates like anxiety in people. And like having it, not I don't not that I want to create anxiety, but it creates that anxiety, like that tension, and like that's that seems like 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 unwarranted anywhere else. It's incredible. It's incredible to like hear, especially like now I've I've gotten into just like octaving fourths, and I'll just sort of like create like instead of like doing a melody or doing like a harmony in a fourth, I like do like a melody that is supported by a force and like just some some shit to like sort of give them more force and power as as a unison sort of as a unison track you said singing yeah. in, in fourths or force fourths like uh fourths like um so that's one three five yeah so that weird that weird or is that is that i think that's just that i think that's the fourth i think what i was just singing was like the i'm just i'm doing it by ear so like but there is like it's it's like minor and minor yeah it is a fourth yeah yeah because it's just up yeah so it's the minor so basically the minor the minor third <laughs> or like the, the 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 middle note right so the middle note for like uh that makes a major or minor becomes like instant like this dissonant sort of distance you know um so but minor and like minors and melodies that use fourths or like like a big big father hotep vibes now i did you know um um, and weird, I, I mean, back then, I was just, like, doing things by ear. Um, and I still do things by ear. Like, but I'm also, like, very consciously interested in, like, like, really, like, heavily produced vocals. Like, some of the new stuff that I'm working on um, is, like, really abusing that mentality. <laughs> like, very much. I think, like, um, Father Hotel shows are going to look like, if I can get a live band together, I'm not sure if I want a live band, but like if I can, it, the type shows are going to look like, like pieces of me singing with my normal voice and large swaths of a very produced voice that has that sort of quality to it. Because I really want to like make that a part of like the main sort of sense of my sound. Um, Mm-hmm. Like your signature sound. Yeah, that's yeah signature. Yeah, if it could, if it could, if it could be that, I think that would be really good. That's cool. It's definitely noticeable now. Just like your voice range and how like how you diversify it within your music. 
Yeah. With like rapping, yeah. singing, and just like talking, talking while singing. You said Wu-Tang and Tyler were some great inspirations for you. Are there any others? You know, like, like, I mean, Kendrick, like, you can't, you can't, like, of course, Kendrick. Like, I mean, I was, I was listening to Kendrick a lot and like one of the, some of the most formative parts of my, my listening life, um, listening to Kendrick a lot, like a ton. And I think, I don't know, Kendrick's work is definitely like, yeah. I remember the pimp, to pimp a butterfly like came out and I was out of commission for like a couple months. Um, so I was just listening to it so much. I was like, I, I don't know how to make music. <laughs> like I like I wanna I like it. this is like this is some crazy crazy shit. And it's the whole like like accurately connecting like the audience to what you're saying. I think I listened to Kendrick's music and I was like. I'm seeing all the metaphors he's bringing out and the wordplay is like consistent with this like really clean ABAB Kendrick flow. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> this like, like, how do you paint a picture so clear? Big, big influence. And then there's like, uh, like bands like Pond, um, which is like the entire, like, 3,000, 30,000 megatons um, pond is like all of the emphasis and emotional sort of like that's the emotional region that I was in when I made masonry. like a big influence like electronic wise like textures and drums and stuff one of the big reasons my drums kind of like sound like they're like getting pushed through gravel is because of like like lorne like lorne sort of like beautiful soundscapes like if i'm ever like just trying to chill um (laughs) or i feel like good enough in my life where like i don't i I, like i don't have to do anything maybe i'd listen to like listen to a Lauren album like when I when I'm like done with school like there's really significant moments in my life like they see euphoria that comes like there's no other artist on the face of the planet so far <laughs> who's been able to replicate the feeling that Lauren. I mean there are other feelings for other artists don't get me wrong but like it's like 
like Lorne's the way that Lorne uses drums and like these incredibly strange like modes that he like sort of goes between with his crazy, crazy, crazy rich synthesizers. Like, like it just puts me in a headspace that I just I don't I don't. I, there's never no one else <laughs> has or can. Uh, just such an inspired electronic artist. You said that's Lauren. I've never heard. L O R N. Yeah. I'll have to check that out because it sounds amazing. Yeah, he's like really phenomenal. Check out Sega Sunset or Acid Rain. go back up touch on what you said about being black in america it was like this huge topic so like when did you start like thinking deeply about that and what that means for you um when i started seeing and interacting with black people more regularly like like my peers instead of instead of my mother and my brother you know mm-hmm. it was like my peers and it was like that was a college um i think right. I was I sort of brought into the idea, and I, it wasn't until like really recently, like like I honestly when I came to UMass and was here for like a year mm-hmm. that I was able to like really it was like really late, you know. Like I think I'd been like, and then I started seeing all this shit before that like bothered me, but I didn't know why. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, uh, <laughs> and I had all these stories that were super similar to like the like. Like why you why do you want to fucking touch my hair? I don't want to I don't want to I don't want you to tell me my hair feels like a sheep. I, I don't like I don't want you to talk to me about like how you were almost the same color because you're tan. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about these things. Like like <laughs> like there there's all these like tiny little tropes <laughs> that yeah. I like I started like seeing in my peers that were just like fuck like um so i mean in that sense i feel like i'm pretty underdeveloped like i like i like um that was part of like the reason why i was like i need to like make father hotel because it was like a way for me to identify with sort of growing up and being such a sort of like white liberal area Mm -hmm. and white conservative i mean i've swung both extremes pretty hard um So you're like the token black kid growing up. And Big then that time. the thoughts of that while you're in college kind of like the birth of Father Holtup happened. Was to sort of unpack it. Yeah, unpack it and sort of realize like what what me what what me where I'm at right now sort of has become an is, you know? Because um, I can't just like separate myself. I can't just like that's that's like the hotep way, just to like insulate yourself from what's going on around you, for the sake of an imagined idea of yourself. Um, 
uh and like i I, mean, I think i think i mentioned i don't know i think i think this is really critical to, to like 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 it's yeah it's like it's i mean that was that was what um, indifferent and sort of egyptian vacation were supposed to sort of represent like i don't want to be here i don't want to be here like there's just two different ways of i don't want to be here mm-hmm. in fact the whole thing is like the whole thing is supposed to be like, i don't want to be here but i feel like emancipation says a different sense of sense a sends a different message right i was hoping that it would because there's an implication in emancipation where you're, yeah you're not there but it's not because like you it's not because you're it's because you're freed alongside of not being there you know it's like i i was freed from all this bullshit that had gotten laden on me both from a past of of ignorance and the present of relative burden <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um ignorance and relative burden sort of compiled i feel like there was a sloughing off i could be myself and still be where i was you know yeah but getting more comfortable in your own skin and identifying that for yourself 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. yeah have you ever met a hotep just curious um i met former hoteps <laughs> And also, it's not super. It's not super. It's not super like um. It's not super popular <laughs> in this area. Yeah, be, I was gonna to say. Be a, <laughs> to be a hotel, yeah, you might have to like go to go go down south to go go to New York um, mm-hmm. to find more hotels <laughs> different college, maybe a college. Just a different yeah, college. definitely, like a HBCU, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like think that like my life would have been a lot different if I went to historically black college. Me too. I think about that sometimes. Yeah, and I like, and I don't, I don't know how, but I think my life would be a lot different. Probably mm-hmm. better. But. <laughs> yeah, it's like that would be super interesting because there's. Not saying that all black people go there, like, there's no white people at those schools, but they're the majority. And, like, it would just be so diverse within black, the black culture. Yeah, I mean, right. I feel like that's something that I've always wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because I've just, I've felt so, (laughs) it's hard to describe feeling, like, so, like, out by yourself. Like, cause like, I'm not, you know, I have friends that I care about, that I, I live, live around and <laughs> around me, but like, I also just, there's this, there's this invisible thread that I like, it's always there. I like always feel it. And it's like, always like, like, it's like an insecurity. And I think like, I don't know, I don't know how to fucking it sounds so fucking stupid. It sounds so fucking stupid. Like, why would you feel alone if you're not by yourself and you're not lonely? You know, like, mm-hmm. why would you feel alone? It's like a, it's dumb paradoxical. I feel like I've actually, I think that this is like my mom. Actually, my mom not being because she's she's stuck in Trinidad right now. Um, oh, she went during yeah, she went to during COVID, uh, <laughs> like right before the border closed, like literally a day after she left the border. So she's been there for like a while. Yeah, about a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I feel like her absence has sort of, it, like, sort of tan, tan, made made tangible 
like I think the feeling that I have like mm. like of feeling like away you know like I feel like my mom's like a sense of grounding mm-hmm. does that make sense like this parallel between like my mom being away um and me I guess me not being here you know not being not being grounded like a personal feeling of not being grounded that I felt my entire life because of not having like lacking around or feel like an excess of people that like do not have my background um, mm-hmm. or don't see the world in the same way or don't have the same experience um absolutely and like sort of my mom understands that grounding yeah I feel like I think I understand what you're saying I can see it like in different ways but like overall with um yeah your first generation background in mine and like everybody, I think we can all understand what you're saying or like we've all experienced that. Regardless of how many people are around us, there is that feeling of yeah. feeling alone. Yeah. And no. I guess like knowing that your mom is back home in Trinidad could feel like a part of you or your identity is away, away from you or like there's a lack of grounding. Yeah. I remember um, a past conversation we had where you brought up the notion of Big B and Little B. And that was the first time I've heard that idea. But I think it explains a lot of, like, thoughts that I've had. Can you explain that here and, like, talk about how you relate or don't relate to it? Sure. Um, So Big B is, like... American black, so African American. So like that's people that should be getting reparations if reparations start going around. You know what I mean? People have been here for generations and sort of their history and their like their like sort of like their um their destiny, if you will, and the destinies that this country has sort of put on them has sort of been characterized by the fact that they've been here for such a long time. Um and little B, I see as just people that are like and so this goes back to the political term. Um, people who come here who look dark, um, but are from other countries. Like they might come from Africa, they might, they might, they might not, you know, they might just they 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 or their family might like heavy, like have heavy lineage. Like they might they might their family might have gone from Africa straight down to curb down to the Caribbean and straight into America. But like you might have people who like um like are like have like a lot more lineage coming from like um like a european country or like a uh, like a like a like an like a like a country in asia um or like even like like might be like native and like just have like like a really like be really dark and like be associated with and they sort of take on by extension being in the United States because nobody knows or cares to tell you the difference between being a first generation person or being from the United States. You know, like nobody cares to tell that. So that everyone's just say, okay, you're black, you know? And with that sort of association, you take on what I call like lowercase b, which is like, it's not like any less, right? But it is sort of, it's like the characterization of African American takes precedent, and the characterization of being a black person um, sort of 
sort of takes on a, a new con a new understanding new connotation um and that's sort of just how i like arrange blackness in my mind um outside mm -hmm. of understanding it's like it's a political term a useful one one that needs to be employed to like talk about <laughs> racial inequality <laughs> you know but Ooh, it's yeah. multifaceted um and i don't think that that like like breaks it all down but for me that's how what i that's a lot of what i use like snap judgments like sort of thinking about this stuff i like it a lot it's a good distinction and it's like simple too yeah 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 it's crazy and you're right like nobody cares even within the black community i feel like if you um or at least in my experience i feel like there's more emphasis on that um as black with little b mm. like big blacks <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a weird yeah it's kind of like That's a weird funny. but it's like yeah no it's i i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying and, and i don't think that like no I, I think that i'm saying nobody cares but like i think that mm -hmm. people i think people i mean at least i do think other black people at very least i think other black people care i think that it but i do think that for the sake of solidarity like making mm -hmm. distinctions is i mean like we talk all the time about like how pe black people shouldn't be a monolith like how, how it sucks to be considered a monolith and how we don't want that shit for like like people who like are super like multicultural multifaceted right um but in this space right where you have so many shitty things happening to people because like there's there's no there's there's no the 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 there's not enough political power that's getting wielded right mm -hmm. like when a group like Black Lives Matter manages to like get hold of like a good amount of power you know why are we splitting why are we factioning like what's the point you know why are we not in solidarity mm -hmm. and why are we not moving as a one group and like I feel like the like and this is this is my this is my almost appreciation this is my appreciation of the word black as a monolith or my the word black as like like a standing ground that people can stand on because it it does apply that does apply to a lot of people uh meaningfully too uh and there aren't a lot of words or terms or like you know that can get placed or placed out for just just to clarify i'm not i'm not like i'm not i'm not i, I don't want to suggest that i'm harshing on the word black I just want to suggest, like, like when I'm in when I'm in my home, you know, like a Trinidadian, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's not. It's you within know, America. Yeah. yeah, it's within America that I'm black. Um, mm -hmm. I do love that because there's not a lot of language around us, and it's stuff that so black is super general and vague, and like you said, it's something that we can all stand on and identify mm -hmm. with when, yeah. when times get hard. And even when when everything was even cool. yeah 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 I think I think it's like an incredible platform for art. In fact, I I base all of my art from Father Hotep or most of it. Like I do I do I base a lot of it around the idea of blackness um, and the vagary of blackness. Mm -hmm. um, and I I am I I think I've taken on blackness, and I, I want to establish this too. Like I've definitely taken on blackness as like a, like as a as a in cultural sorts, almost like for, like just short of just short of being a hotep, I was sort of adopted the mythology of blackness. Mm. Like I'm from Africa, I'm from that place, you know. <laughs> and like I think it's for the sake of 
you know, having because it's 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 like romantic, you know. It's it's very romantic, and I and I and I love I love the romance, and I love my place in it. I hate I hate having a group of people sort of characterized by their trauma. That I mean, that trauma being like sort of blackness as opposed to whiteness used as a term to sort of belittle a group of people for the sake of enslaving them, you know. Um, and that, I mean, that that happened in the Caribbean too. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, it's it's romantic, and I think I think the things that we do, um, sort of in that headspace, are <laughs> sometimes a lot harder to put on paper. Um, but I think I think for the sake of solidarity and for the sake of like caring about the art forms that have arisen from people that share my experience in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do care deeply for that experience. So like, what are your steps moving forward with Father Hotep or just in general, like what are, what are you up? Mike, what are you doing? I, uh, I'm trying to like not make stuff for Father Hotep right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and focus on other stuff that I'm super excited about. I might do like features. I have like a couple of things that I've lined up beforehand, like in the way of features for stuff where I would be appearing as Father Hotep. I'm really trying to like wean myself off of that idea, give myself some time away from it. Um, so I can like make pop music. <laughs> and so I can make make hip hop without the burden of it like conforming to this vision that I had mm-hmm. um, and so it can just sound different and so I don't feel like I mean not, not to say that there, there isn't like a sh- stuff a ton of stuff that like swings the gamut of sounding like a bunch of different shit on this album but there is there is like a there is a mentality that I am excited to step into um, that isn't bogged down by the idea of Father Hotel. That's great. That sounds like really exciting. Yeah, I am really excited. Yeah, stepping really away excited. from. Yeah, it's like you did what you accomplished, what you set out to do, and yeah. now, yeah, the wings are out. Do something different. Yeah, do it. Do do something different. Do yeah. something different. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's I'm working cool. on an electronic project with my homie, um, Pioneer Valley Co-op. Oh man, I'm so excited. <laughs> He's such a talented producer. Oh my god, I love remixing this stuff. It's like we're we're two or two it's like two writers passing a piece of work back and forth, editing it, oh, and awesome. changing things and adding things. It's just it's great. I'm super excited. Looking forward to it. Well, that's, that's all I had. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. I'm super st- super stoked. I got to t- to chat with you. Um, yeah. uh, not not. I feel like I've been. Uh, thank you for giving me the excuse to talk about this art. Oh no, um, of course. Because uh, I like yeah. I, I I didn't know how I was gonna get it out in a meaningful way. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank I'm you glad. Very much. I'm glad we did this because it really does. I just like see the album and all of your work in a different, like with a different set of eyes. Hell yeah. So it just, it was super helpful. I'm glad we did this. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Thank you.
Thank you again. Thank you for being on the show. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, nice talking talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. All music featured in this episode from Emancipation. Be sure to support Mike and his music on SoundCloud by giving his new album a listen.